What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, hello and welcome to Monster Legends Podcast. I'm your host Tanner and today's episode is Monster Legends of New Mexico. This is a really good one, guys and girls and uh, non-binary people. Um, talking about Roswell, Skinwalkers, and all that. Hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get to it. Okay, first off, let's talk about Roswell. In July 1947, something happened northwest of Roswell during a severe thunderstorm. Was it a flying saucer? Was it a weather balloon? What happened? Answer is nothing for many years until leading UFO researcher Stanton Freeman came across the story in the early 1980s and began a search for information and witnesses. That research brought him to Roswell looking for a public information officer who had been at Roswell Army Airfield in 1947. The officer was Lieutenant Walter Haunt. He still lived in Roswell and remembered the press release and the orders from his, command officer, from his commanding officer. Freeman's investigation also led to many others, both military and private, who had information to add to the Roswell incident story. Stepping to the picture very strongly in the late 1980s were Don Schmidt, Kevin Randall, and Tom Carey. Since then, Schmidt and Carey have dedicated their research to Roswell. The debris recovered from rancher W.W. Mack Brazil, Brazil uh, was gathered by the military from the Roswell Army Airfield under the direction of base intelligence officer Major Jesse Marshall. On July 8, 1947, Public Information Officer Lieutenant Walter Haunt issued a press release under orders from Base Commander Colonel William Blackard, which said basically that we have in our possession a flying saucer. Next day, another press release was issued, this time from General Roger Ramey, stating it was a weather balloon. That was the start of the best known and well documented UFO cover up. Once it began, once it became public, the event known as the Roswell Incident, a crash of alleged flying saucer, recovery of debris and bodies, and ensuing cover up by the military, was of such magnitude and so shrouded in mystery that seven years later, 
there are still more questions than answers. Books have been written and TV documentaries have been filmed. Witnesses have come forward. Skeptics have issued rebuttals to the incident and debate continues. The International UFO Museum and Research Center, located at 114 North Main Street, is a nonprofit corporation founded in the fall of 1991 by Walter Hunt, Glenn Dennis, and Max Little. The museum opened to the visitors in the fall of 1992. The UFO Museum was organized to inform the public about what had come to be known as the Roswell Incident, as well as other aspects of the UFO phenomenon. Corporate's mission statement includes the goal to educate, not convince, the general public about the Roswell incident and all aspects of the UFO phenomenon. People from all around the world travel to Roswell to what the UFO museum has to offer. Some of the exhibits include information on the Roswell incident, crop circles, UFO sightings, ancient astronauts, and extraterrestrial abduction. The exhibits are designed to encourage visitors to ask questions and to think outside the box. The UFO Museum's Research Center Library houses more than 7,000 7, books and over 30,000 magazines, periodicals, pamphlets, and more than 1,500 DVDs related to the UFO phenomenon. The library's friend staff, friendly staff is available to help students of all ages with school. Oh projects and reports as well as authors researchers and visitors seeking information email the ufo museum's research center library for a free information packet once the visitors began making their way to roswell seeking more information on the 1947 incident a number of local residents in conjunction with the ufo museum and the roswell chamber of commerce came up with the idea of celebrating the anniversary of roswell incident every year during the first week of july since 1996, the Roswell UFO Festival has drawn thousands of visitors to the UFO Museum and to Roswell. The event is a fun-filled, entertaining, and educational weekend to all who attended. The UFO Museum hosts lectures from leading UFO researchers, including Stanton Freeman, Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, Daryl Simmons, Yonvin Smith, and Travel Walton. Main Street Roswell brings together numerous vendors along. Main Street with food, memorabilia, music, and live entertainment. Other activities include alien costume contests for humans and pets, and even light parade, and even light parade carnival rides and Fourth of July fireworks. Mark your calendars and make your plans to attend the popular tradition at one of the most celebrated tourist attractions in the nation, the International UFO Museum and Research Center in the city of Roswell, New Mexico. That was from uh, Roswell, New Mexico. Dot com Roswell New Mexico gov info story. Oh, goes going next a little bit more into this. Uh, Roswell incident how UFO science sparked seven years of conspiracy theories. Uh, on July 8th, on July, on 8th of July 1947, the Roswell Daily Recorder newspaper published a front page article. With the headline RAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. The legend of Americans' most famous brush with aliens was born. Today, many conspiracy theories consider the so called Roswell incident to be one of the most conspicuous piece of evidence that the US government has covered up the existence of extra 
terrestrial life on earth next month thousands of people from all around the world will travel to the town the Fiatto Yoho capital of the world but the Roswell stories position in the public imagination was far from immediate uh, July, again, say, uh, July 7th, 1947, around 75 miles north of the town of Roswell, New Roswell in New Mexico, debris from a highly classified product used by the U.S. Army Air Force, the precursor to the U.S. Air Force, sick atomic bombs tests in the Soviet Union was recovered from a ranch after being reported by ranch worker William Brazil. Intrigued by the idea of flying saucers, Brazil gathered some of the debris and went to the Roswell where he told Sheriff George Wilcox about his find. According to reports, he whispered kind of confidential like. Wilcox immediately reported the counter to the USAAF base at Roswell, which promptly sent agents to visit the ranch, not before the press picked up the story. On July 8th, 1947, Roswell Army Airfield, the RAF, RAAF, issued a press release stating that the flying disc I crashed on a, flat, on a ranch near Roswell during a powerful storm. Later in the day, a government scientist arrived in the area. The story appeared to be changed. A press conference was held and stated and said that a weather balloon had crashed. Yeah, weather balloons. Parts were shown debris said to be taken from the crash area, such as foil, rubber, and wood, which appeared to confirm that the object had been a weather balloon. After initially suggesting that the Brazil's debris had come to from a UFO, the Roswell Daily Record reported a correction which included the USAF statement that it was a weather balloon that had been found at the site. Brazil later went on record to say he regretted the publicity that his misadaptation had caused. According to the official accounts, the debris Brazil found came from a balloon, which is part of an experimental technology trial codenamed Project Mogul. What was Project Mogul? The classified Project Mogul was designed to detect sounds, waves in the upper atmosphere from Soviet atom bomb tests by flying microphones on trains of balloons at high altitude. Although the technology was quickly suspended, it remained a secret for more than 20 years after the event. The fact that the balloon was involved in Cold War surveillance of the Soviet Union may have propelled rumors of a cover-up. How did it become a... How did it become a cause celebrity? For 31 years, the story was largely forgotten until a national, the National Enquirer reported the original Roswell Dairy Record story again, but not the correction. Following the publication of the new story, theories suggesting that the government incomplete account has been an attempt to cover up discovery of an alien spacecraft began to take root. What did the other witnesses say? Several people claimed to have seen the debris scattered over a wide area and that at least one person reported seeing a blazing aircraft in the sky shortly before it crashed. But the key account came from a former mortician, Glenn Dennis, who claimed that in 1989, a friend who worked as a nurse at the Roswell Army Airfield had accidentally walked into an exa examination room where doctors were bent over the bodies of three creatures. They apparently resembled humans, but with small bodies, spindly, spindly leg arms, and giant bald heads. In 1995, Ray Sinelli, a London-based entrepreneur, released footage of an alien autopsy formed in Roswell in 1947. Whew. 
Okay, let's back up. Let's take a little moment to, uh, to recap so far what's happened. So, 1947, there was a crash. Something crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, in the um, Army Air Base or in someone's field. And the guy misidentified it as a flying saucer. But it turned out to be a weather balloon that's actually part of a, a atomic bomb detection device called Project Mogul. And now this person, uh, this has said that the, uh, her friend accidentally walked into um, somebody uh, doing an autopsy on three bodies. And now we got this guy says at least footage of an alien autopsy. So that's where we're at right now. Ooh, okay. Uh, experts mentally recalled the footage as a hoax and he made it years later that it was almost entirely faked. Nevertheless, Satinely insisted real footage existed, but due to his poor condition, he had been forced to recreate it. Critics have questioned the fidelity of various witnesses and pointed out that many claims over the years have come from friends of friends who supposedly saw something out of the ordinary. Coincidentally, the, Republican, the Republic, uh, republication of the story came just one year after the release of the Close Counters of the Third Kind, a film about government conspiracy covering up alien visits to Earth. The film, the film was released in the USA in November the following year in the UK. That year, 750 signs were officially documented in the UK by the Ministry of Defense UFO desk, the highest figure on record. Looking at UFO sightings dating from both sides of the Atlantic, a direct correlation between popular films involving aliens and real-world UFO signs becomes evident. In 2009, the Garden detailed the popular culture influence that may have helped propel UFO signs in the UK in 1996, in a year that Independence Day and Mars attacks were released. There were 609 UFO sightings across the UK, essentially more than a year just before or after. Uh, unofficial data supplied by the National UFO Reporting Center in America suggests that the UFO sightings have been slowly increasing in the US since the 1970s, growing increasingly rapidly since the early 1990s. One possible explanation this is the reporting centers from both better known and easier contact with the advent of new technologies such as fax machines and the internet. In 2014, the economists analyzed the available data from 2000 to 2014 and found that most UFOs were reported when people were drunk. Uh, did disclassifying Project Mogul help? Even though Project Mogul was disclassified in the 1970s, it wasn't fully connected to Roswell until 1994, when the normally of National Security Agency uh, finally published an in-depth report refuting all claims of a conspiracy at the site. A second report, released in 1997, included that reports of alien bodies were actually related to life-sized anthropomorphic test dummies. Okay. But by providing detailed analysis of the Roswell incident, many analysts believe that the U.S. government and it really fueled interest in conspiracy theories and public suspicions that the U.S. military was involved in the cover-up. 
because uh, of the huge notoriety surrounding the Roswell incident, the town has become ground zero for UFO conspiracies. conspiracies. Each year, on the anniversary of the story, thousands of enthusiasts embrace all things alien and paranormal at a UFO festival, uh, which I talked about previously. Uh, there they can take mock alien bodies and take part in scientific experiments. Last year, to mark seven years since the incident was first reported, around 38,000 people turned up all around the world. Wow, five people. It's like three, like bigger than everybody in my damn county. We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why Reluctantly Codependent Sisters, the Shira and Rashalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Mm. Okay. It I seen another thing. Right, yeah, that's Roswell, right? Hey. Right thinking like, what's this do with crypto crypto monsters? This is crypt I'm getting to it, okay? I'm just getting you some background information. Except it's about the UFO aliens factor fiction column. Ah, uh, basically, German interest in hyperspatial technology, railroad cars with shackles, aliens firefight at Dulce, New Mexico, 1979. Paul Snyder, from a, a, a very brave man, lost his life due to what appeared to be an execution in January 1996. According to some sources, he had been brutally tortured repeatedly before being killed. Bill Schrader was an ex-government engineer who was involved in building underground bases. He was one of three people to survive the 1979 firefight between the large greys and US intelligence and military forces at Dolce Underground Base. In May 1995, Bill, Bill Schneider did a lecture on what he had discovered. Seven months later, he was tortured and killed by those who had previously worked, but man's final acts should not go unnoticed. The following is from one of his lectures. He died, he did in, in May 1995. Lecture starts by Phil Snyder. His, ah, uh, Phil Snyder's lecture. His Phil Snyder's lecture. It is because of the horrendous structure of the federal government that I feel directly imperiled not to tell anybody about this material. How long I will be able to do this is anybody's guess. However, I would like to mention that this talk is going to be broken up into four main topics. Each of these topics will have some bearing on what people are involved in. Whether you are a patriot or not, I want you to know that these United States are a beautiful place. I've gone to more than 70 countries and I cannot remember any country that has the beauty as well as the magnificence of its people like these United States. I wait, buckling gas is gonna be gonna be a big one. 
To give you an overview of basically what I am, I started off and went through engineering school. Half of my school was in that field and I built up a re reputation for being a geological engineer as well as a structural engineer, both military and aerospace applications. I've helped build two main bases in the United States that have some significance as far as what is called the New World Order. The first base is the one at Dolce, New Mexico. I was involved in 1979 in a firefight with alien humanoids and was one of the survivors. I'm probably the only talk survivor you will ever hear. Two other survivors are under close guard. I'm the only one left that knows the detailed files of the entire operation. 66 Secret Service agents, FBI, Black Berets, and the like died in a firefight. I was there, number one. Part of what I'm going to tell you is going to be very shocking. Part of what I'm going to tell you is probably going to be very unbelievable. So instead of putting your glasses on, I'm going to ask you to put your skeptical skepticals on, but please feel free to do your own homework. I know the Freedom of Information Act isn't much to go on, but it's the best we've got. The local law library is a good place to look for congressional records. So if one continues to do their homework, then one can be standing vigilant in regard to the country. Deep underground military bases at and the black budget. I love this country. I am living more than I'll, I love the country I am living in more than I love my life. But I would not be standing before you now, risking my life, if I did not believe it was so. The first part of this talk is going to concern deep underground military bases at the in the black budget. The black budget is a secretive budget that garners 25% of gross national product of the United States. The black budget currently consumes 1.25 trillion per year. At least this amount is used in black programs. It does concern with deep underground military bases. Presently, there are 129 deep underground military bases in the United States. They have been building these 129 bases day and night unseasonally since the early 1940s. Some of them were built even earlier than that. These bases are basically large cities underground connected by high-speed magnitude of Manitone Lafayette trains that have high speeds of up to Mach 2. Several books have been written about these activities. Uh, since the early 1940s, some of these were built even earlier than that. These bases are basically large seas underground. Nick, uh, about this activity, Al Bilek has been has my only copy of them. Richard Snorter, a PhD architect, has risked his life by taking by talking about this. I worked with a number of government agencies on deep underground military bases. In Iran, where you live. In Idaho, there are 11 of them. Average depth of these bases is over a mile, and again, are basically whole cities underground. They're all between 
2.66 and 4.25 cubic miles in size. They have laser drilling machines that can drill a tunnel seven miles long in one day. The Black Project sidestepped the story of Congress, which, as we know, is illegal. Right now, the New World Order is depending on these bases. If I had known at the time I was looking at them, if the New World Order was involved, I would not have done it. I was lied to rather extensively. Basically, as far as technology is concerned, for every calendar year that transpires, military technology increases about 44.5 years. This is why it is easy to understand that back in 1943, they were able to create through the use of vacuum tube technology, a ship that could literally disappear from one place and appear in another place. The Philadelphia Experiment. My father, Otto Oscar Schneider, fought on both sides of the war. He was originally a U-boat captain and was captured and repatriated in the United States. He was involved with different kinds of concerns such as the A-bomb, H-bomb, and the Philadelphia Experiment. He invented a high-speed camera that took pictures of the first atomic test at Bikini Islands on July 12, 1946. I have original photographs of the test and the photos also show UFOs laying the bomb site at high speeds rate of speed. Bikini Island at the same time was fested with them, especially under the water. The natives had problems with their animals being mutilated. At the time, General MacArthur felt that the next war would be with aliens from other worlds. Anyway, my father laid the groundwork with their uh, Theoreticians about the Philadelphia experiment, as well as other experiments. What does that have to do with me? Nothing, other than the fact that he was my father. I don't agree with what he did on the other side, but I think he had a lot of guts in coming here. He was hated in Germany. There was a $1 million reward payable in gold to anyone who killed him. Obviously, they didn't succeed. Anyway, back to our topic deep underground bases. Back in 1954, under the Eisenhower administration, the federal government decided to circumvent the Constitution of the United States and form a treaty with alien entities. It was called the 1954 Grianda Treaty, uh, which basically made the agreement that the aliens evolved to take a few cow tester and planting techniques on a few human beings but they had to give details about the people involved. Slowly, the aliens altered the bargain until they decided they wouldn't abide it by it at all. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna breather for a minute. Back in 1979, this was the reality and the firefight at Dolce occurred quite by accident. I was involved in building an addition to the deep underground military base at Dolce, which is uh, probably the deepest base. It goes down several levels and over 2.5 miles deep. At that particular time, we had drilled four distinct holes in the desert, and we were going to wake them together and blow out large sections at a time. My job was to go down the holes and check their rock samples. 
I recommend those sauces to deal particular with that particular rock. As I head down there, we found ourselves amidst a large cavern that was full of outer space aliens. Otherwise known as large greys. I was attacked and shot. I was attacked and I shot two of them. At a time, there were 30 people down there. About 40 more came down after it started. All of them got killed. We had surprisingly a whole underground base of existing aliens. Later, we found out that they had been living on our planet for a long time, perhaps a million years. This could explain a lot of what kind of theory of ancient astronauts. Anyway, I got shot in the chest with uh, one of their weapons, which was a box on our body. They blew a hole in me and gave me a nasty dose of cobalt radiation. I've had cancer because of that. I didn't really get... I didn't get really interested in UFO technology until I started work at Area 51, north of Las Vegas. After about two years recuperating after the 1979 incident, I went back to work for Morrison and Knudsen, East G&G, other companies. Area 51, they were testing all kinds of particular spacecraft. How many people here are familiar with Bob Lazar's story? He was a physicist working at Area 51, trying to spy for the propulsion factor in some of these crafts. Now, I am very worried about, about the activity of the federal government. They have lied to the public, stonewalled senators, and have refused to tell the truth in regard to alien matters. I can go on and on. I can tell you that I am rather disgruntled. Recently, I knew someone who lived near where I live in Portland, Oregon. He worked at Gutterson Steel Fabrication, where they make railroad cars. Now, I knew this fellow for the better part of 30 years. It was a kind of a quiet type. He came in to see me one day, excited. And he told me, they're building prisoner cars. He was nervous. Gerson, he said, I contract with the federal government to build 107,200 full-length railroad, railroad cars, each with 143 pairs of shackles. There are 11 subcontractors in the giant project. Supposedly, Gerson got over $2 billion for his contract. But some steel and other steel outfits are involved. He showed me one of the cars in the railroads in North Portland. He was right. If you multiply 107,200 times, 143 times, 11, you come up with 15 million. This is probably a number of people who disagree with the federal government. No more can you vote any of these people out of office. The present structure of government is technocracy, not democracy democracy as a form of feudalism. It has nothing to do with the Republic of the United States. These people are godless and have a less chase out of prayer in public schools. You can get fined up to $100,000 and two years in prison for praying in school. I believe we can do better. I also believe that the federal government is running the gamut of enslaving the people of the United States. I'm not a very good speaker, but I'll keep shouting, keeping my mouth off.
till somebody puts a bullet in me because it's worth it to talk to a group like this about these atrocities there are other problems i have some interesting interesting 1993 figures there are 29 prototype stealth aircraft presently the budget from the u.s congress five-year plan for these is two 245.6 million we can't buy spare parts for these black programs for that amount so we've been lied to black budget is roughly 1.3 trillion every two years a trillion is a thousand billion trillion dollars weighs 11 tons u.s congress never sees the books involved with this uh cost pot of gold contractors of stealth programs eg and g westinghouse and mcdonald douglas morrison nutson what kind of security systems boeing airspace aerospace lower more airspace aerospatial in france mitsubishi industries rider trucks betchel ig farben plus a host of hundreds of hundreds of more in this we are supposed to be living up to as freedom loving people i don't believe so star wars and parent alien threat still 68 percent of military budget directly or indirectly afflicted by the black budget star wars lies heavily upon stealth weaponry by that time none of the stealth programs would have been available if we had not taken part crash alien disc none of it some of you might be asked what the asked what the space shuttle is shuttling large innings of special metals are milled in space and cannot be produced on the surface of the earth they need the near vacuum of outer space to produce them. We're not even told anything close to the truth. I believe our government officials have sold us down the drain, lock, stock, and barrel. Up until several weeks ago, I was employed by the U.S. government with a Rolet 38 clearance factor, one of the highest in the world. I believe the Star Wars program is there solely to act as a buffer to prevent alien attack. It has nothing to do with the Cold War, which was only a toy to garner money from all the people for what? The whole lie was planned as kid for the last 75 years. Here's another piece of information for you folks. The Drug Enforcement Administration and ATF lie on stealth tactical weaponry for as much as 40% of their operation budget. And the figure has gone up considerably since the United States used American stealth aircraft for over 28% of its collective worldwide operations from 1990 to 1992. According to the Center of Strategic Studies and UN reports, 3000, UN report, uh, 3092 Guardian of Stealth and Delta Force origins of the Bosnia conflict, the Guardians, Guardians of Stealth, there are at least three distinct classifications of police that guard uh, most well-kept secrets. Number one, the military joint tactical force, sometimes called the Delta Force of Black Rays, is a multinational tactical force primarily used to guard the various stealth aircraft worldwide. By the way, there were 172 stealth aircraft built. Ten crafts, certainly count about 100, about 162. Bill Clinton signed them away about six weeks ago to the United Nations. He 
We have been indications that the Delta Force was sent over to Bosnia during the last days of the Bush administration as a cover covert sniper force and that they start taking pot shots at each other at each other uh, at each side of the controversy in order to actually start the Bosnia conflict that would have been used by administrations for political purposes. Oh. I was hired not too long ago to do a report of the World Trade Center bombing. I was hired because I know about the 90 some odd varieties of chemical explosives. I look at the picture taken right after the blast. The concrete was puddled and muddled. The steel and the rebar were was literally extruded up to six feet longer than its original length. There's only one weapon that can do that. A small nuclear weapon. That's a construction type nuclear device, obviously. When they say it was a nitrate explosive, it did damage their line. 100% folks. Our people have in custody probably didn't do the crime. As a matter of fact, I have reason to believe that the same group held in custody didn't do other crimes, such as killing a Jewish rabbi in New York. However, however I want to further mention that with the last explosion in Oklahoma City, they're saying that it was a nitrate or fertilizer bomb that did it. First, they came out and said it was a 1,000 pound fertilizer bomb, then it was 1,500, then 1,000 pounds, now it's 20,000. Can't put 20,000 pounds of fertilizer in a riser truck. Now, I never mix explosives per se. I know the chemical structure and application of construction explosives. My reflection was based on it. I helped hollow out one of the 13 deep underground military bases in the United States. I worked out the Malta project in West Germany, in Spain, and in Italy. I can tell you about experiences that natural explosion would not have hardly shattered the windows of these federal buildings in Oklahoma City. The weapon killed a few people, knocked part of the pacing off the building, but it would have never have done that kind of damage. I believe I've been lied to. I'm not taking it any longer. So I'm telling you that I've been lied to. I'm on recording. Yeah. I don't perceive at this time that we're too much than six months of, li of life left in this country. At the present rate, we're the laughing shock of the world because we're being hoodwinked by so many evil people that are running the country. I think we can do better. I think the people over 45 are seriously worried about the future. I'm going to run some scary scenarios by you. A contract with America, it contains the same terminology that Adolf Hitler used for Zivert Germany in 1931. I believe we can do better. The contract with America is a last ditch effort by our federal government to tear away the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. The black helicopters. There are over 64,000 black helicopters in the United States. For every hour that goes by, there's one being built. Is this a proper use of our money? What does the federal government need 64,000 tactical helicopters for? If you are not trying to enslave us, I doubt if the entire military needs 64,000 worldwide. I doubt if all the world needs that money, there are 157 F-117A stealth aircraft loaded with uh, LIDR 
LiDAR and Creator Enhanced Imaging Radar. They can say, see you walking from room to room when they fly over your house. And they see objects in the house from the air with a variation limit of one inch to 30,000 miles. That's how accurate that is. Now, I worked in the federal government for a long time. I know exactly how they handled their business. <coughs> Excuse me. Federal government has now invented an earthquake device. I'm a geologist and now and I know what I'm talking about. With the Kobe earthquake in Japan, there was no pulse wave as a normal earthquake. None. In 1989, there was an earthquake in San Francisco. There was no pulse wave with that one either. It is a Tesla device that's used being used for evil purposes. The black project programs have subverted science as we know it. Looks at look at AIDS. Invented by the National Orange Laboratory in Chicago, Illinois, in 1972. It was a biological weapon used to be used against the people of the United States. The reason I know this is because I've seen documentations of the Office of Strategic Services, which, by the way, is still in operation to this day through the CDC in Atlanta. They used the glander extractions of animals, humans, and alien humanoids to create the virus. These alien humanoids government is hobnobbing with other words there are actually no defense against their germs none they are biological weapons of terrible consequence every alien on the planet needs to be isolated so Dom Hussein killed 3.5 million Kurdish people with similar biological weapons do we people of this planet observe this no we don't but we're not doing anything about it Every moment we waste, we're doing other people on the planet a disservice. Right now, I'm dying of cancer. I contracted because of my work for the federal government. I live six months. I might not. And I'll tell you one thing. If I keep speaking out like I am, maybe God will give me the life to talk. Ah, uh, will give me the life to talk my head off. I'll break every law that it takes to talk, take my head off. 11 of my best friends in the last 22 years have been murdered. Eight of the murders were called suicides. Because I went to talk, before I went to talk in Las Vegas, I drove a friend down to Joshua Tree near 29 Palms. Drove into the mountains in order to keep get to Needles, California. And I was followed by two government E50, E350 vans with G14 plates. Each with a couple of occupants, one of which had an Uzi. I knew exactly who they were. I've spoken 19 times and have probably reached 45,000 people. While I got ahead of them and came to a shop stop in the middle of the road, they both went on either side of me and down a ravine. Is this what it's going to take? I cut up my security card and went sent it back to the government. Tell them if I was threatened, and I have been, that I was going to upload 140,000 pages of documentation to the internet about government structure and the whole plan. I've already begun that task. And thank you very much. End of May 1995 lecture. That was a little lecture by uh, 
Bill Schneider, 1995. Okay, I'm gonna take a break. And I'll be right back with the Grays aliens. Stay tuned, guys. Uh, hello, guys. I hope you are having a good time listening to this podcast. Also, you guys know that um, I was recently a guest on uh fantastic podcast called that's bs podcast where me and my pals had that's bs talk give uh top five monster movies you can find it here on anchor or on spotify and many other platform uh podcasting platforms i had a great time on the show i hope you'll show them some support by giving listen and subscribe thanks How was the break? Keep the little bathroom and everything. Alright, so uh in that last section I mentioned was mentioned something about the grays. So let's get into that. That's what all this um back uh, ground information was about. We're get onto the gray alien. Gray aliens. Also referred to as Zeta Reticulans, Roswell Grays, or Grays, are purportedly are purported extraterrestrial beings. According to journalist C. D. B. Bryan, 73% of all reported alien encounters in the United States describe gray aliens. Uh, a significantly higher proportion than other countries. Such claims vary widely, particularly grays are described as being human-like with small bodies, with smooth gray color skin, and large hairless heads, and large black eyes. The Barney and Betty Hill abduction claim, which probably took place in New Hampshire in 1961, popularized gray aliens. There are precursor figures described in science fiction, and similar descriptions appeared in earlier accounts of the 1947 Roswell UFO incident. The Grail has emerged as an architectural image of an intelligent non-human creature and extraterrestrial life in general, as well as iconic trope of popular culture in the age of space exploration. Grays are typically depicted as gray-skinned, diminutive humanoid beings that possess reduced forms of or complete lack human body parts such as noses, ears, or sex organs. Their bodies are covered, largely depicted as being elongated, having a small chest and lacking in muscular definition and visible skeletal structure. Their legs are depicted as being shorter and jointed differently from humans, with limbs proportionally different from a human. Grays are depicted as having unusually large heads in proportion to their bodies with uh, no uh, hair on the body and no noticeable outside ears or noses complete with uh sorry that looks closest man uh sometimes with small openings or 
officers for ears, horses for ears, nostrils, and mouths. The drone grays are almost always shown with very large, opaque black eyes. They are frequently described as shorter than average adult humans. The precise origin of the gray as a typical exceptional being is difficult to point, pinpoint. In the 1893 article, Man of the Year, a Million, science fiction author H.G. Wells envisioned the possibility of humanity transforming into a race of gray-skinned beings, or perhaps one meter tall with big heads and large oval-shaped pitch-black eyes. In his 1901 book, The First Man in the Moon, Wells describes selenites, natives of the moon, having gray skin, big heads, and large eyes. He also briefly describes aliens resembling greys brought down to Earth as food for the Martians, who were the antagonist characters in the 1898 book, War of the Worlds. In 1930, 1933, the Swiss novelist Gustav Sangren used the pen name Gabriel Lind published a science fiction novel called Den Alconda Faron, The Unknown Danger. Which describes a race of extraterrestrials. The creature did not resemble any race of humans. They were short, shorter than average Japanese, and their heads were big and bald, with strong square foreheads and very small noses and mouths and weak chins. What was most extraordinary about them were their eyes large, dark, gleaming, with a sharp gaze. They wore clothes made of soft gray fabric. And our limbs seem to be similar to those of humans. The novel aimed at young readers included illustrations of imagined aliens. In 1965, newspaper reports of the Betty and Barney Hill abduction made the archetype famous. The alleged abductees, Betty and Barney Hill, claimed that in 1961, alien beings had abducted them and taken to a flying saucer. Uh, under hypnosis, Betty Hill produced a star map, which she claimed to she claimed located the home planet of abductees in the Zeta Reticuli star system, allegedly the third planet of one of the stars the Zeta binary system. Betty, therefore, after began to refer to them as Zeta Reticulians, the term Grays did not come into usage until many years later. The Grays appear as the benevolent aliens in 19. 77 film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That same year, a species of ground alien beings called the Bith were depicted as the Cartina Band in the film Star Wars. A duo of different species of great aliens type beings called the Doros also appeared in the Cartina scene. During the early 1980s, great were linked to alleged crash landing of a flying saucer in New Mexico in 1947. A number of publications contained statements from individuals who claimed to have seen the U.S. military handling a number of unusually proportioned, bald, child-sized beings. These individuals claimed during and after the incident that beings had oversized head and slanted eyes but scant other distinguishable facial features. In 1987, novelist Whitney, Whitney Schneider 
Puff's book Communion, which unlike his previous work was categorized as nonfiction, in which he describes a number of close encounters he alleges to have experienced with grace and other traditional beings. The book became a New York Times bestseller and numerous cinema release in 1999 film that starred Christopher Walken as Stryber. In 1988, Christopher Devine interviewed the French science fiction writer and neophologist Jimmy Guil, um, G-U-I-E-U, during the weekly French TV live show, which at the time was titled Sid Mundi. It was progressed by TF1 on the three national TV channels in France. Besides mentioning Mystic 12, Jimmy Guil, Describe this instance of what was called the Little Grays, which later on became known as the French on her name, Yes Petit Gris. In the early 1990s, UFO, same ufologist, Jim Glue, wrote two talkie dramas using the plot of the Great Aliens, Mystic 12 Conspiracy Theory, as described by John Lear and Milton William Cooper, a series EBE, or Extraterrestrial Biology, Biological Entity. E.B. Alberti wrote the first part, 1990, and E.B. Let no the second part. During the 1990s, public cult popular culture began to increasingly link grace to a number of military industrial complex and new world order conspiracy theories. A well-known example of this occurring before entertainment was the Fox television series X Files. First, which first aired in 1993, around the quest to find proof of great life extraterrestrials with a number of UFO conspiracy theory subplots in order to form its primary story arc. Other notable examples include the XCOM video game franchise, where are called Sega Toys, Dark Skies, First Progress in 1997, which expanded upon the MJ-12 conspiracy and Stargate SG-1, which in the 1988 episode Thor's chariot introduced the Asgard, a race of benevolent greys who will visit ancient Earth, masquerading as characters from Norse mythology. Greys referred to as visitors appeared in two episodes of South Park and Roger Smith, a regular character on the animated comedy series American Dad. Since its debut in 2005, it is a grey-like alien. On Babylon 5, greys were referred to as the Vri, interpreted as being allies and trade partners of 23rd century earth. In 1995, filmmaker, filmmaker Ray Sartili claimed to obtain 22 reels of 16mm film depicted the autopsy of a real gray, supposedly covered from the site of the 1947 incident in Roswell, New However, in 2006, Sentinelli announced the film was not original, but was instead a reconstruction recreated at the original film was found to have recreated Claimed that Real Grey had been found in autopsy on camera in 1947, and that footage released the public obtained a percentage of what the original footage. During the thousands, William J. Burns posted numerous accounts of encounters with Greys in UFO magazine. In 2011, Paul tells the story of a Grey who attributes the Grey's frequent presence in science fiction pop culture. The U.S. government deliberately turned the stereotypical Grey alien image into mainstream media. So that humanity came into contact with small species, there will be no immediate shock as to their appearance.
upgrades are often involved in alien abduction claims. Among reports of alien encounters, rays make up approximately 50% in Australia, 73% in the United States, 46% in continental Europe, and around 12% in the United Kingdom. These reports include two distinct groups of rays that differ in height. Abduction claims are often described as extremely traumatic, similar to abduction by humans or even a sexual assault, assault and a level of trauma and distress. Research has shown that emotional impact of perceived abduction can be as great or even greater than of combat, sexual abuse, and other traumatic events. The eyes are often a focus of abduction claims. Claims are described gray staring to eyes of abductee when conducting mental procedures. His staring is claimed to induce hallucinogenic states of directly provoke different emotions. Neurologist Stephen Novella proposes that gray limbs are a byproduct of the human imagination. The gray's most distinct feature resembling everything that modern humans traditionally link with intelligence. Thelons, however, do not appear as humans. They appear like humans with traits we psychologically associate with intelligence. In 2005, Richard B. Malstrom, writing in Skeptic Magazine, Volume 11, Issue 4, presents his idea that grades were actually original memories of early childhood development. Malstrom reconstructs the face of a gray lion through transformation of a mother's face based on our best understanding of early childhood sensation perception. Maestrom's study offers another alternative sense grace. The extinct intense instinctive response when you feel experience and present an image of a gray act of regression hypnosis and recovered memory therapy and covering memories of an alien induction experience along with their common themes. According to biologist Jack Cohen Typical image of gray, assuming that it was involved from a world with different environmental and cultural conditions from Earth, is too physically similar to a human to be credible as a representation of an alien. Some ufologists explain such impossible consensus as, as evidence actual beings may have influenced evolution of life on Earth in the distant past. Theory of ancient astronauts, specifically extraterrestrials, were involved in evolution of primates including humans. Some conspiracy theorists believe that grades represent part of a government-led disinformation or possibly denialability campaign or a product of a government mind control experiments. Oh boy, that's a lot of you guys, that's a lot. No green man. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. Uh, like cryptic campfire, did a lot on this about the UFO abductions and stuff. Check them out. I think it was them. Got here. Seems a little something a little easy. Chupacabra. Oh, chupacabra. You know what? You know what? It's about the chupacabra. You know what it is? It's a damn goat sucker little thing. It'll make you think like that. Jump on you and have a little long ass like, tongue. 
goes on you. It's like the blood up like a shot. A straw. You know what I mean? It is. Here's your article I found. Annabeth gave author from New Mexico the history of scientifically debunking the chupacabra myth says he can explain signs of the mythical creature. When you do DNA testing on these alleged chupacabras, they're known animals. Benjamin Bradford, who authored the 2011 book Tracing the Chupacabra, told New Mexico television station KOB. They are coyotes or dogs. In some cases, they're raccoons. Their hairlessness can be explained by a disease called Psychopathic mange, which is caused by skin mites. Animals with advanced mange often die exposed to cold. Because of warmer temperatures brought on by climate change, these animals are living longer, told the station. This has led to an increase in lead chupacabra science, Ranford said. Though the blood sucking monster is said to have deep roots in Mexican folklore, Ranford wrote in his book, The Myth. Only recruits back about 1995, according to the book's Wikipedia page. The writer traced the myth to Puerto Rican woman Madeline Tolinto, who probably gave the first encounter of the creature shortly after watching the 1995 movie Species. Grafford, who had written for the urban legend website Snows, had attributed science since the first time to the mass hysteria and lack of scientific knowledge, among other factors. When people say skeptics are debunkers, that means evil and gloomy. I love to find a chupacabra. I love to have a Bigfoot on Loch Ness or Loch Ness Monster, Effort told KOB. They're out there. I want to be the first person there. I want to poke, I want to poke at it and sniff it. So mange. So this guy's saying it, it's probably mange. And it looks like it. A good, yeah. Anyway, yeah. How's day on today? And as they're falling asleep yet? Wake up, kind of pay attention. So we're getting to skinwalkers. In Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of harmful witch. Has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise himself as an animal. The witch is called Yi Naldulshi Banavo, which translates to with it, he goes on all fours. It's just one of several types of Navajo witches and is considered the most vile and dangerous. For Navajo people, witchcraft is just another part of their spirituality and one of the ways of their lives. As such, witchcraft has long been part of a culture, history, and traditions. Witches exist alongside humans and are not supernaturals. Navajo believe there are places where the powers of both good and evil are present that those powers can be harnessed for either medicine men utilize these powers to heal and aid members of their communities 
All those who practice Navajo witchcraft seek to direct the spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others. This type of Navajo witchcraft is known as the witchery way, which uses human corpses in various ways, such as tools from the bones and cushions that are used to curse, harm, or kill intended victims. Uh, knowledge of these powers is passed down from the elders through the generations. The Navajo are part of a large culture area. Also, also include the public Pueblo people, Apache, Hopi, Ute, and other groups have known have their own version of Skinwalker, but each includes a malevolent witch capable of transforming itself into an animal. Amali tribes, a number of stories and inscriptions and told throughout the years about the Skinwalker. Sometimes these witches evolved from living their lives as respected healers or spiritual guides who later choose to use their powers for evil. Though they can be either male or female, they're often, they're more often male. They walk freely among the tribe during the day and secretly transform under the cover of night. In order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society requires the evil, the evilest of deeds, killing of a close family member, most often a sibling. After his task has been completed, the individual then acquires supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to shapeshift into animals. Most often, they are seen in the form of coyotes, wolves, fox, cougars, dogs, and bears, but can take the shape of any animal. Then they wear the skins of the animals to transform into, hence the name Skinwalker. Sometimes they also wore animal skulls or antlers atop their heads which brought them more power. They choose what animal they want it to turn into depending on abilities needed for a particular cast, such as speed, strength, endurance, stealth, claws, and teeth, etc. etc. They may try they may transform again and try to escape from pursuers. Because of this, Navajo considers it taboo for its members to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. However, sheepskin, leather, and buckskin are acceptable. Skinwalkers are also able to take possession of the bodies of human victims. If a person locks eyes with them, after taking control, the witch can make its victims do and say things they wouldn't otherwise. Once they were shapeshifted one way, the others could tell they were not really know that their eyes are often very different than those of the animal. Instead, their eyes are very human, and when lights are shining on them, they turn bright red. Alternatively, when they are in human form, their eyes look more like animals. The evil society of the witches gather in dark caves or secluded places for several purposes. To initiate new members, plot their activities, harm people from a distance with black magic, Form dark ceremonial rites. These ceremonies are similar to other tribal affairs, including dancing, feasts, rituals, and sand painting, but were corrupted with dark connotations. The evil doers are also said to engage in necrophilia, female corpses, commit cannibalism, incest, and grave robberies. During these gatherings, skinwalkers shape shift into animal forms or grow about naked, 
wearing only beaded jewelry and ceremonial paint. The leader of the Skinwalkers is usually an old man who is a very powerful and long-lived Skinwalker. Skinwalkers also have other powers including reading others' minds, controlling their thoughts and behavior, causing disease and illness, destroying property, and even death. Those who have talked to their encounters with these evil beings describe a number of ways to know if a skinwalker is near. They make sounds around homes, such as knocking on windows, banging on walls, and scraping noises on the roof. On some occasions, they've been spied peering through windows. More often, they appear in front of vehicles in hopes of causing a serious accident. In addition, it is said, in addition to be able to shape shift, is also the skinwalker is also able to control the creatures of the night, such as wolves and how and owls, and to make them do bidding. Some are able to call up spirits of the dead and reanimate the corpses attack their enemies. Because of this, the Indians rarely venture out alone. Its supernatural powers are uncanny, as they are said to run faster than a car and ability to jump high cliffs. They are extremely fast, agile, possible to catch and leave tracks are larger than those of an animal. When they have been seen, they have been described as not quite human and not fully animal. They are usually naked, but some have reported seeing a creature wearing tattered shirts or jeans. The skinwalker kills out of greed, anger, envy, spite, or revenge. There's also raw graves for personal wealth and to collect much needed ingredients for use in black magic. These witches live on the uninspired lives of their victims and they most routinely kill or perish themselves. Skinwalkers and other witches have long been blamed for all manner of unexpected struggles and tragedies throughout the years, including sickness, drought, poor crops, and sudden deaths. Okay, open. Even smaller or individual problems such as windstorms, during dances, alienation of affected or affection by mates, death of livestock, and reversal of fortune are often believed to be the work of a witch. This was most apparent with the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878, which initially evolved from a cultural response to so many people moving across and onto their lands. After a series of wars with the U.S. Army, the Navajo were expelled from their land and forced to march to the Bosque Rondo, Fort Summer in New Mexico, and was known as the Long Walk of the Navajo in 1864. There, the people suffered from bad weather, bell crops, illness and death, reducing their numbers dramatically. After four years, the government finally admitted they had made a mistake and Navajo were allowed to return to their homeland in Four Corners area. During these years, many of the tribe's members were said to have turned to shape-shifting to escape the terrible conditions. In the meantime, the rest of the tribe were convinced that their gods had deserved them. Once the people had returned to their homeland, their conditions improved, but the dreaded skinwalkers were home they've for the years on the lake reservation are still among them. 
Accusations of witchcraft and hunting of the skywalkers began. The Swan found a collection of witch artifacts wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868. The treaty members unleashed deadly consequences. The Navajo witch purge occurred in 1878, in which 40 Navajo suspected witches were killed over to restore harmony and balance for the tribe. <coughs> Say, most of the tales of signs of these witches do not include death or injury, but rather are more fixture-like. Numerous people have told stories of swift animals running outside their vehicles, maximum speed after a short period, however, they run off into the wilderness. Along the way, these animals sometimes turn to a man, with sometimes banes on the hood. Another story tells of a man who was making repairs on an old ranch home which began to hear loud laughter coming from the nearby sheep pens. Thinking he was alone, he went to investigate. He found all the sheep but one huddled into one corner of the pen. However, the lone ram separated from the group, though standing upright and laughing in a very human manner. The man locked eyes with the ram. It seems that his eyes are not of an animal, but very like a human's. The animal then casually walked away on all four legs. Some say you have seen them running through the night, sometimes during to a fiery ball, leaving streaks of color behind them. Others have seen angry looking humanoid figures looking down on them from cliffs, mountains, and mesas. In the 1980s, one of the most notable events occurred when a family was driving through the Navajo reservation. As they slowed to make a sharp curve, something jumped from the ditch. It was described as black, hairy, and wore a shirt and pants. A few days later, at the event, their home in Blackstaff, Arizona, the family was awakened to the sound of loud drumming and chanting. Outside their homes was three dark forms of men outside their fence. However, these shadowy creatures were seemingly unable to climb the fence and soon left. These events have occurred in the Four Corners area of Southwest Colorado, Southeast Utah, Northeast Arizona, and Northwest New Mexico. In the 1990s, a ranch in Northeast Utah, far away from the Navajo Reservation, gained a partial focus as Skinwalker. Called the Sherman Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch, and the UFO Ranch, this place has a long history of UFOs, aliens, cattle munitions, and crop circles. Located near the Eat Indian Reservation. These people have long thought the Navajo put a curse on their tribe and retribution for many perceived transgressions. And since then, skinwalkers have plagued the Ute people. I'm going to talk about that in Utah episode. Uh, witchcraft represents the antithesis of Navajo cultural values is not tolerated. They work to avoid it, prevent it, and cure it in their daily behaviors. However, when they exist, the laws have always said that when a person becomes a witch, they have forfeit their humanity and her right to exist, so they should be killed. However, skinwalkers are notoriously hard to kill and attempts are usually unsuccessful. Trying to kill one will often result in the witch seeking revenge. Successful killing generally requires a sense of a powerful shaman, illness of spells, and rituals that can turn the skinwalker evil back upon itself. 
Another alternative is to shoot the creature with bullets that have been dipped into white ash. However, this shot must hit the witch in the neck or the head. Traditionally, the Navajo will not speak to outsiders about these creatures for fear of retribution by Skinwalker. For that matter, it's a taboo subject among, amongst Native themselves. Okay. Or not. Two more crypt uh, cryptids for you guys. Final fight by T. Ty Bannerman. Roswell aliens may be New Mexico's favorite unsolved mystery, but a variety of eyewitnesses intend that the other paranormal creatures also look around. One striking example is a survivor, or perhaps a time traveler, from 150 million years ago, the Pterodon. Signs of the scaly winged creature in New Mexico have been reported since the 1800s, the most occurring in the southern portion of the state. In one incident reported by KRQE TV in 2007, Dave Zander of Las Cruces described two pterodactyl like shapes diving off cliffs in the Oregon, Mountain, Oregon Mountains. These creatures were so huge they looked like the size of small planes, he said. Benjamin Radford, author of Mysterious New Mexico, Miracles, magic, and monsters in the land of enchantment. Suspects, Sander, and others were most likely seeing large birds such as condors, easily misidentified as a distance, that they may have simply overmissed the size of the creatures. Still, it can hurt to keep your eyes on the sky, especially when you're in Anago Country. From the UFO Dietist website, the beast may be entering the modern world through international portals near Lordsburg. So, pterodactyls are time traveling now. That's great. Great to know, guys. And our great buddy, Bigfoot from Kento Mundo. Ah. Uh, Arturo Homie Martinez. The naturally formed object he found on the same day, he and his friend had a hair-raising experience in the mountains. In the interest of protecting a fragile ecosystem and potentially rare and misunderstood species, the exact location of the following experience is best not revealed. Suffice it to say, the unusual encounter occurred in the canyon of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains near the Colorado New Mexico border in northern Taos County. Arturo Jome Martinez, 67, of Costa said he described side to side to tell the Taos news about my experience because many people I've shared the information with don't seem to take my, me serious. However, many do, and they have encouraged me to come forward with my story. Martinez, originally of Ayo Ando, has spent a lifetime in the mountains, canyons, and winds of northern New Mexico southern Colorado and can identify all native wildlife, plants, and animals. Whether the season or condition, not long ago, he had a person he called a super friend. Had a frightening but very interesting experience while scouting for elk in preparation for a hunt. His friend had chosen to remain anonymous. 
Martinez made personal notes about what happened in the Mountain Canyon area September 27th. I myself and my friends sent out to count for game, but something weird happened. He explained that earlier the first day, while securing scouting stands of Aspen with the sites of the community of Amelia from up high, Martinez found an interesting naturally formed piece of Aspen tree that strongly resembles a human face. Nobody carved it. It grew that way. I could decide to take it, bring it back. After leaving the object at home, Martinez and friend returned to another area several miles away from where they had been earlier in the day. This time, while driving on another fork of the rough road, they found many tops of aspen trees clearly broken off that were strewn over the road. They decided to investigate who was breaking the trees and throwing them on the road. I asked my friend, who would want to do this? Martinez explained. These were aspen ranging in size from 3 to 4 inches to 6 to 8 inches in diameter, only broken about 13 to 15 feet up the trunk of the trees. There were no tracks of bears or elks or human tracks, no tracks of any kind, no sawdust at the bottom of the trees, and what was strange, it was as if they were thrown several feet away from where they were broken. There were two big aspens completely uprooted and thrown away from where they had been growing. If bears had broken them, there had been left claw marks. Bears leave smell on trees they scratch or break. Elk in running battles leave the ground very disturbed. It wasn't, and seeing many broken trees, we continued on to investigate who or what was breaking them. The broken trees' tops were lying in the roads as something or someone wanted to say, Nobody's welcome here. Rounding a curve, my tower blew out and things started getting very scary. We could hear elk bugling up high and we decided to walk down, back down since it was late afternoon. Martinez said we need to get a spare and come back to change the tire. We were taking our time, checking out more broken trees and there was easily over 100 broken the same way. That's when I heard the scariest noise I've ever heard in my life. <clears throat> it started at first, sounded like an elk bugling, then turned into a scary roar. So loud, it kept echoing through the canyon. Continued. The elk up high stopped bugling. It kept making noises at us. It reminded me of one of those noises devil made in. Exodus movie. Whoever it was taking making that noise started breaking the trees and throwing them in our directions a few seconds later. Then I saw a huge creature moving through the edge of the aspen grove, about thirty to forty feet from me. It walked upright but hunched over, maybe six feet tall, bent over and standing straight seven to eight feet tall, with very dark full dark fur all over. It was not a bear. There was a walk like humans. I convinced that I saw what was making my many call Sasquatch. Even with my gun, I was very scared and we left in a hurry. It seemed to be falling in the edge of the trees, breaking more, throwing them towards us and making awful noise. It was almost dark. We had to get out of there. You recount it. Two men fled down over the mountains. Martinez said every time the creature roared, noises continued 
reverberating throughout the entire area. So like any moment, something was going to grab me from behind all the way out there. They arrived on foot in Costilla all after dark, deciding no matter how scared they felt, it was necessary to turn to the canyon, change the blown tire, and bring Martinez's vehicle back. The two men returned to where the vehicle was parked, and by the same day, changed the spare. It was after 2 a.m. on September 28th. We decided to stay until daylight and try to find out what really was we had experienced. Martinez continued. It was deathly quiet the whole time. Nothing moving. No elk bugling. Not a sound at all. At sunrise, we checked around. Found more Aston broken the same way. Nothing else happened to us. There was no sign of anything out of the ordinary except more broken trees. Not finding any other evidence of the frightening experience of the afternoon before, Martinez and his friend returned home. Like I said, I know what I saw. I know it is not a bear or any other of the wildlife I've seen around here all my life. I decided to tell my story because America, wake up. These creatures exist, he said. Every time I go to the mountains anywhere from now on, I will have a camera and audio recorder with me. I have had other people tell me that even though they were great anonymous, they've had similar experiences over the years. But don't say much because they get very cool. I know what I saw and heard. Well, how about that, guys? How do you think about that episode? We got a girl with aliens. We got cover-ups. We got gangwalkers. We got flying time-traveling dinosaurs. We got Scott on um, Bigfoot breaking down trees and breaking the lab jerk to people. I got to tell you something else. Uh, uh I don't know in this. Um, Thank you for um, listening to this episode of Monster Legends of New Jersey. And I'll be continuing to listen to episodes of Monster Legend Podcast. I've been your host, Tanner. And I'll see you next week. And remember, every week, everywhere, cryptids on Monster Legend Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or find more information about Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monsterlegendpodcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show. Thank you.
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 